Hey, Elaine. Yeah. On March 3rd, 1969, the US Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it Top Gun Maverick, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Top Gun, colon, Maverick. That's literally what came up on the yeah, screen, no, no, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It is, right underneath. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Just not Top Gun, and then maybe like a slow fade into Top Gun Maverick. I think, Ma- I think Maverick did come in a second later, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Here's a uh, Top Gun Maverick podcast for you. Along with all the others that you're probably listening to at yeah, the minute. Yeah, yeah, there's so many of them. This film is getting a lot of traction. And how long did it take to get out? I can't remember when it was actually meant to arrive. Can, can you? Was it pre-pandemic or was it just no, as... No, it was just as the pandemic kicked off. Mm-hmm. In the time since this trailer started showing, there has been two different Sonic the Hedgehog films. Oh, right. Wow. That's... So, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it had been long. And then they pushed it back a bit more. And, yeah. and that typically, typically would mean problems with the film, wouldn't it? You know, yes. you, a film gets pushed away, you go, oh, something's happened, rewrites, maybe uh, people have been brought back to do reshoots or the script doctoring. But with this one, I just got the impression that there was no way they were going to put this out when audiences weren't back at the cinema. They were definitely weren't going to let it go to streaming at all. That sounds like a Tom Cruise yeah. decision as well. Totally. I think, and, and obviously Cruise is massively, massively involved in these as he is with the Mission Impossible franchise. So I wasn't feeling too worried about it, but it was taking a long time. And then the trailers just kept being shown and you just get a bit of fatigue don't you, you, you sort there of... is there is a big risk of that. yeah so going into this film did you have what sort of expectations did you have well i one of my first memories of seeing a film is going to as mentioned on the podcast many times pharaoh's videos in cottingham and mum and dad was somewhere else like maybe getting tea or something like that from like the supermarket around the corner which is now I think it's now co-op, but previously Presto and Safeway where I worked, and before that, a Grandways. Um, a Grandways? I've never yeah. heard of Grandways. It was a whole, it's a whole oh, okay, thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My dad's friend was in there, and he was like, "Oh, if you," I was looking at like the shelf of things. He's like, "Oh, if you if you want to watch a film, this is the film to watch." Late eighties, yeah. So it was probably eighty eight, I would imagine. I thought it was like eighty six. Well, I'm no, yeah, but it was wrong. on video by this oh, point. Oh, right, sorry. Yes, sorry. and it wasn't in the new section. It was, it was in like the been out a little while section Mm -hmm. so yeah that's when it would be out and yeah and obviously we're aware of um the berlin song take my breath away yes i wasn't really interested in it but there was nothing else that kind of took me the two films that i remember watching that weird where i wasn't really interested in watching them but by the time i watched them absolutely fell in love the other one is bird on a wire the mel gibson goldie horn there's not many people that are going to be talking about that yeah, well, there you go. But yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, it was the first time I'd kind of realised, noticed about score, because going in, all we knew was mm-hmm. the Berlin song. Yeah. And the fact that it was played all the way through, like as part of the score, and then in, obviously it goes into it at the very end. But yeah, I mean, the original Top Gun is not a film that would... If I had to do a Desert Island discs of films, and therefore wanted to like mix up everything... 
Top Gun might not be the representative of like 80s films, but it'd be on the long list for me, 100%. It's a film that I've probably seen top 10 most seen films of mine. And it just, yeah, it's just always, it was just a big boy film in the 80s, 90s, even 2000s. Like when I got my first Sony Ericsson phone that you could type in the ringtones for, I thought I was like it, like programming in the Harold Faltermeyer. And then of course everyone had it because Mm -hmm. I found it online. So um, yeah, everyone else had the same thing Mm -hmm. that was a boy. But yeah, I I had a lot of expectations around this, especially when, if... If the reviews had been a bit shit going in, yes. I might have tempered my expectations a bit. Yeah. But they have been overwhelmingly positive, I think, so far. Yeah. And that was the yeah, that's what I had. I <sighs> I was I, I love all the, everything that you've said because it really apart from the Pharaoh's video in Cottingham experience, which I have not had, all of that 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 atmosphere you've built around the film being this very machismo big planes big men big fighty fighty yes i loved all of that like mm. i know you could you know i'm going to park in a corner all the problems with that yes but there are times where you just want to sit down and see some movie stars in a plane fighting with the baddies. Yes. And that is absolutely what Top Gun was for me. I mean, it's incredibly homoerotic when you watch it now. I don't think I picked up on that at, at the time. Oh, but yeah. like, hanging <laughs> with the boys. Yeah, and I find that really fascinating and such an interesting read of it as well. I loved that, obviously, I mean, no, anyone who's listened to the podcast before will know this already before I even say the words, but I loved Val Kilmer. I really like the idea of Iceman. And actually, what I really, really loved, and we might delve into this later on in the pod, I really loved that idea. You know, Iceman, yeah, he he was a, you know, it was an arsehole. But he was right. He was good at what he did. And yeah. he was saying to Maverick, you're you dangerous. are a problem. You yeah. are dangerous. You're, yeah. you're, you're problematic. You're not working with the team. You're we not a team come back player. To this. Yeah. yeah. And I really, really like that. So we often paint Iceman, or Ice, as people seem to be now calling him. Uh, you know, we paint him as being the baddie because the goodie to us is Tom Cruise mm. as Maverick. But actually, Maverick as a character, as the name suggests, he's he's not infallible. He is a, a character that really needs sometimes to take a good hard look at himself. Well, he wasn't even considered the best in his troop. Like mm. the guy at the beginning, is it Cougar? At the beginning of the first film, like he has an episode on the plane and Maverick has to bring him yeah, down with him. Yeah. And Strickland from the James <laughs> Tomos uh, makes it clear like you were number two, mm-hmm. now you're number one. So yes. now you're going to now you're going to Top Gun. Yeah. So yeah, he is I mean, the whole first film, obviously there is a big competition, which is barely touched upon. It's touched upon at bits, but as a sports fan, we mm-hmm. have big debates about like who's better. Me and one of my mates is at a big thing at the minute. Who's better, Harry Kane or Wayne Rooney at the prime? And that that's Iceman versus um, Maverick because Wayne Rooney is this like loose cannon who can absolute game changer, but Harry Kane is just that consistent, like always a yeah yeah mm. yeah. Come comes in out of form. It's not not quite the most uh, best example, but yeah, he is the more the most safe hand. He's going to score. The, 
the same amount every time, but Wayne Rooney will t- pick out an absolutely spectacular goal out of nowhere. And that's what that's what brings me towards the original Top Gun. And I really love the fact these are the best of the best. This is what they, they yes. talk about that in the original film. They're, they say, you know, you are the elite. And, and that gives you, as a viewer, that sense of, wow, so... It's not just a group of people who are pretty good at what they do. It's, yeah. These are the top. We're going to say it in a, in a voice. Men, the top guys yeah. <laughs> in naval air force who are 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 just so far ahead of everyone else. And I love that. And again, like you say, who is the best of the best? Yes. It's, it's really really compelling. Alongside the idea that you've you're. I mean, the, the politics of the original film really washed over me at this because I saw it a lot when I was a child, and even now I still can't quite. So it's a little bit wishy washy, isn't it? At, yes. at times, but then you've got the the aerial fights and the you know, and I loved all all of that. I'm sort of, I'm yabbering on about t- Top Gun a bit too much now, so I'm going to stop. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it, and I think for what it is, I think you've got to look at it and what it is. It's a bold, brash. And I'm going to say, full of boys and bravado, Tony Scott film, and I I love it. I think it's a brilliant film. And I think if anyone, you know, if you're sitting on the nighttime, a bit of Top Gun comes on, you just end up watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's what it is. One of those films where if it comes on, wherever you join it, you will mm-hmm. ca- carry on to the and end. A huge amount of heart as well. Actually, I know you talk a lot about the action, but a, a lot of heart. You really get to know these people. You like them, even though you know that they're quite narcissistic and and troublesome at times. That Meg Ryan line reading of. He loved flying with you. Mm. He'd have done it anywhere, but he really loved flying with you. It just breaks my heart yeah. every time. I mean, yeah, it's the whole goose thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, per- and I think that perfect casting between um, Anthony Edwards and Tom Cruise, they look like very much the odd couple, don't they? But, yes. And that's the that's the dynamic mm. of that relationship within the plane. Yeah. And we all, we all get it. We all yeah. know why Anthony Edwards wears the Hawaiian shirts and why he's got the tash and, and then he's, he's, he towers over Maverick and we know Maverick at the front of the plane making all the decisions and being the risk taker. I think yeah. it's really, really interesting. So yeah, I was, it's a very long roundabout way to go. I was worried because I'm never convinced, you know, in terms of sequels, where it's going to take us. You know, it can go one way or another, can't it? We could be Godfather Part 2 or Godfather Part 3, and I still do like Godfather Part 3, but there are times where things really get pulled back from I, the original. I think it's a bit of a trope. The We bring the main character back. Mm-hmm. We've got very few, if any, of the original cast back. Um, we've got a whole new set of pilots for him to train. That worries me. That worries me mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. We've not spoke about this. <laughs> no, we haven't. It's you. I would see it on Thursday. You won't see it on Friday. It's now Monday. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time. Yes. And for anyone listening at home, you cannot imagine the amount of highway to the danger zone. The amount of bomb we have been doing around the house. Or do, do 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 do. I mean, literally, it's been every two seconds. Yes. But we haven't actually said what we think of the film. Okay. So, spoiler free. What do you think? I could pick holes apart in this film, and I will pick holes apart in this film. I don't care. <laughs> I love this film. Yay! Um, I think so. A lot of the a lot of the publicity has gone around the 
state of the fil- the stunts and the technical, yeah, how state of the art they are, how technical they are, how many cameras they used to do it. The biggest compliment I can say is I did not think of that once whilst no, no, watching I it. Either. I was drawn into the narrative that was being told by these stunts. And you know what? This is a paper thin plot. This is your basic. Pete Maverick Mitchell goes back to the high school. He's got a crusty dean. It's essentially, and this is the comparison I'm going to use, it's essentially Sister Act 2. Because you've got the the teacher that doesn't play by the rules. You've got the the kids. The kids, one of which has got a storyline. The rest are pretty barely Mm. drawn out. You've got the crusty dean in Don Ham who <laughs> wants to take him down and doesn't like his methods. Well, let them go to the uh, yeah. go, well, let them go to the choir. Yeah, but there is this <laughs> overarching thing which means you can't fire him, mm-hmm. and, and that's yeah, and that is basically oh, it. It is. It, yeah. it, 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 oh, that is amazing. Yeah, I will think of that forever now. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know you're absolutely right. Paper thin plot can see certain things coming a mile off, but not mm. others. But it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. And then we're in a spoiler-free zone now mm. in a minute, so a spoiler-free danger zone. But <laughs> Clunky, but I'll let yeah. you get away with it. There is something that happens in the third act where I was like, oh, and I didn't know how I felt about it. But by the end, absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fine. No problem whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I had the same. I think um, we're coming at it from exactly yeah. the same same direction. I just sat there happy as Larry. Yes. Just watching this yeah just yeah. what just watching this and what's out with a spring in my step and for me it's not just the nostalgia there's a huge amount of nostalgia the first 10 minutes you're essentially you know you're getting the music you're getting tom cruise on a, on his bike with his with his jacket on and we're back and he looks like he's having the time and i think that really sold it to me when he's on that bike and he's having his you know people talk a lot about the megawatt smile and he really does have it when he's doing his movie stuff on that bike with the camera right in his face mm. with the hair blowing behind him you are with him you are like he is having the time of his life on this yeah. i am having the time of my life mm. on this and it's only 10 minutes in yes but beyond that beyond the nostalgia i think this is brilliantly plotted i know you're saying it's a paper thin plot and i totally agree and you know the sister act thing i think i'll think about all night now but for what it is it was compelling it was in- I, there were times when i thought Oh, are we gonna go? We're gonna go here. You know, things curve round. Certain things that you think are almost like a oh, this is why these two are, aren't getting on. That's actually not what it is at all. I you know, agree with you there. And, yeah. and I think it's been really cleverly done. And whilst I know that there's been a lot of people who've been doing the script, and there's a lot of writers on this, and like Christopher McQuarrie's come in and done some writing. There's been there's been a lot of hands, and sometimes that that real mix of too many people on the writing team you can sense it you can smell it you can think ah this has had so many people have a crack at it in this case i think it's really worked well because people have looked at this in detail and they've worked it through and they've workshopped it and i part way through the film i start I, it moved from one scene to another i thought wow this is so well edited i don't normally have conversations like that with myself in the cinema like I really don't tend to think that technically I tend to be like oh do I feel like it's emotional or what the action like but I was really it was actually quite a, a really not a boring scene but it wasn't something that was full of action and I'm 
were just thinking this is really what they've really paced it well they've taken us over here we know we're over there and i could imagine the board with you know everything do you know what i mean like yeah. everything sort of like uh, i can't think of the words <laughs> everything's like like laid out which mapped i know out. you would do with the film but mapped out with a real sense of detail and drive and not just throwing it in there because oh now we're moving to this scene or oh, now we're yeah. moving to that one so I, I really 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 enjoyed it and like you say i can pick holes in it you know the uh, probably be here for, for weeks there there are there are things that are so laughable at times it's like if i hated this or if i just wasn't feeling it mm. it would be stars would be getting knocked off because yeah. I would just be rolling my eyes. But actually, I just laughed with it and I just said, you know what? I will let you get away with that. And it might just be that my relationship with Top Gun mm-hmm. gives it more passes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to yeah, wear yeah, that yeah, bias same. on my sleeve. And, yeah. yeah. But, same. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't, like you said, we keep saying, I just didn't care. Yeah. I, I just, I, I shrugged it off because I just thought, you know what? I want to come back and watch this again. Yeah. And just that sat in this, it's a real cinematic experience sat in the cinema in your seat just immersed in this big brash 80s film but now yes <laughs> should we go into spoiler territory yes. yeah because i want to touch upon the characters i want to mm, touch upon mm, that mm, but i think this is highest recommendation from yeah, us especially yeah. like if if you've got any affinity with the original don't be put off by the fact that it is just what seems to be just a, a cash-in of yeah, Zach goes thing. back to uh, goes back to Bayside High as a teacher. Mm. It's it's not that. It is it's so much more. Yeah, it's got a lot more to yeah. it. Here we go. In three, two, oh! one. Spoilers. Right. Right. Oh, that was a right. Can right. we discuss the kids? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, let's go for it. Who do you want to do first? Well, let's start with the only one that's got any agency in this and any oh, sort of backstory rooster? yes mm, i hated the fact they called him rooster i was a bit like i know he's goose's son but like i know what else would you call him i suppose it was had that sort of like machismo about it but i mean goose wasn't very macho was it? but yeah rooster i've got a warm to mouth teller mm, because mm-hmm. i really like him and this is the i'm the only person who thinks this probably <laughs> but i really like him in the remake of footloose Okay. Where he is the best okay, friend, yeah. and I think he's perfectly placed mm-hmm. to be that. And then he went off the rails a little bit. There was a few really arrogant, like the, the, interviews. Where he's well, like, I don't remember these these interviews, but I remember people talking about mm. them and saying, "Oh, he's not coming across well." But I I don't remember listening to them or reading them. And then there was Fantastic Four, yeah, which didn't help anyone involved, yeah. Apart from Michael B. Jordan, seems to have got past it, but yeah. Everyone else seems to be sort of stuck somewhere. Well, um, I, I, I'm not convinced that's the case, and I'm going to pick you up on that because Billy Elliot from around these parts, what's his name? Jamie. Jamie. Oh, Bell. Oh, Jamie Bell's Jamie in Bell. that, isn't he? And Kate Mara, who is also in it, are now married and have a child. So I think they've done pretty well out of it. Not necessarily you know their acting careers, though. No, I mean, oh, no, Jamie Bell's done Bell's all right. Done, but Kate Mara's yeah. done really well. The both of them have done very well. I think they've, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna leave that there, hun. Okay. I, just, I I'll respectfully agree to disagree. Tell on me that what you've seen Kate Mara in. Since I can't. That. I can't think of anything at the moment. But she was, wasn't she in? Um, you've watched her in. 
oh, what's that program that had Kevin Spacey in? House of Cards. House of Cards. Predated that. this. She was. <laughs> she was she, she, she I was have seen her in. I have seen her in. Yeah, I, I have mean, seen her in. Stuff. I, You've seen her in The Martian, which was released about the same time, but since then there's not been a lot, I'll tell you now. Okay. I mean, look, she's she's clearly enjoying life with her husband and things like that. I'm not not <laughs> yeah, there to yeah, criticize yeah. her, but yeah. yeah. Right, move on. Let's move yes. on. let's go back to Top Gun. So what was it? So it was um Miles Teller. So yes, I understand and people weren't particularly they weren't warm towards him, weren't they? But no. I heard an interview that Chris Hewitt from Empire did with Miles Teller and he said he was fine. He was absolutely fine. And Chris Hewitt himself said he was, you know, excellent, nice guy, enjoyed speaking to him, talked to him a long time about Whiplash, which is one of Chris Hewitt's favourite films. So it's like, it was it was a good interview. I find and, it interesting you know, that, that he has said that, though. Because mm-hmm. it, it, mu- it must be kind of like, he's got this reputation, but yeah, I want to make sure, yeah, make everyone make clear. Make everyone clear. Yeah. So, yeah, so, but he does really come across well in this film. He really does. There is... Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of good work going on. One moment aside, which is when him and Tom Cruise are in that downward spiral and they're shouting at each other (laughs) and it's almost like, you're not my real dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're grounded. And uh, there was one moment where I was like, ooh, Mm. I would have, yeah. But aside from that, I loved the little turn that everyone expected that the reason he hated Maverick was because his dad died but yeah. it's not like no, no. they've clearly had a relationship beforehand mm-hmm. and but he blocked his entry into the military academy yeah put him put his career back four, four years, four years. <laughs> um and yeah yeah I, I think he's i think he's really good in this and I'm, i really hope to see him mm. in some more stuff like i said yeah. as he has got stuff coming out because that interview we mm. talked about things that were coming out in the future and he actually talked about so it's a really really good interview so if anyone's interested in sort of listening to Miles Teller, I'd really, really recommend checking out the interview that, that Chris Hewitt did with him because I've, I just learned so much and he talked about the audition process and he talked about the um, the fact that he wanted some advice on a film from Tom Cruise. And like, you know, when you're, when you're hanging out with Tom, you kind of go, well, I might as well ask the most, you know, one of our most famous movie stars who yes. produces so much and so much. And he said he ended up talking to him for two and a half hours and in the end he had to put the phone down on him and say, Tom, I have I have to go. <laughs> like, I have to get some food. My wife's inside waiting. And, but he said, because Tom is just so engaged in the industry, he will sit with you for two and a half hours and talk to you through your film and through your career. And that was just really, really interesting insights. And, mm. and so he has got, you know, new stuff coming out that Tom's given him lots of advice on. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting what, what he what he does next. And I think this really gives him a, a really good platform because so many people are going to see this film. Yeah. People are going back multiple times and it's getting it's getting great reviews. You know, people saying it's a film film of the year. But yeah, I enjoyed Rooster, and I like you. You say I really like that tone because I just thought mm, this is going to be a bit sort of. I just wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe that he would hold a grudge for that that period of time, especially when you see Maverick has got the pictures of him in his uniform and yes. growing up, and he's clearly mm. ha- been involved in his life. It's not been one of those things where oh, thirty years on, mm. I've never seen you, and they they know each other. They know each yeah. other well, but it, it is that, and I like that. You know, it's a bit clunky, but. I like that thing of saying, you know, his mother, Meg Ryan, before she died, because we didn't want to invite her back, so she's dead as well. 
before she died, she she didn't want him to die the same way as Goose did. You know, I, it's believable. Since we're in spoilers now, I will mm. say that's the one thing missing from the mm. um from the Sister Act two uh, thing is her coming into the military base somehow at the end and seeing him flying and accepting him as a pilot. Yes. Like yeah, yeah, that, that, you're, that's, you're that exactly is the one right. thing missing. Yeah, but yeah. I, I didn't miss the others from the. I mean, I didn't miss Kelly McGuinness. I didn't miss Meg Ryan. Um, it wasn't that I felt that, you know, it fell, it fell apart. I hate it during a film when they just drop a character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what happened to Charlie? Yeah. I mean, the reason yeah. is because Char- because Kelly McGuinness looks like a 64-year-old woman yeah. now. And she says she just doesn't want to be back in that world again. Whereas Tom Cruise has got the yeah. L. Ron Hubbard fountain of youth somehow. <laughs> yes. And supping from that very gladly. God, isn't he just... You know when he's doing that scene with, is it like American football? And yeah. he's got his top off. And I'm like, oh my God, he's got his... Like the man's 60. I mean, brilliant. I'm not like... Aging. He's 60 you know, next month. He's 60. Like, but wow. Like, mm. what is going on there? I mean, I know he's like multi-millionaire Tom Cruise and he's probably got, you know, a personal trainer and a beautiful gym. Yeah. But still. I think it would be visually jarring to see. It, it's sad because, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly McGillis looks like, just like a normal 64 year old woman. And therefore, to put them next to each other, it would be a little mm. bit um, yeah. like think, who, which be, one's been in stasis for 20 years? To be fair, I think Jennifer Connolly looks really lovely. <laughs> it's, it's, it always sounds well, really insidious. Can we come to, back to, to Jennifer Connolly? But we can, but I just want to make this point. I think she, she doesn't look. You know, he, they didn't pair him with, for example, a 35-year-old. Yes. Which they do sometimes do in the Mission Impossible films, I have yes. to say. And I love the Mission yeah. Impossible films. She, I think she's a woman in her 50s. She is. You could see, you know, she, obviously she's beautiful, but you could see there are lines, there are mm. ring, you know, there are things around the eyes. She looked like a beautiful 50-odd-year-old woman. And that, you know, it. but she wasn't frozen-faced 29-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I I liked that. Yes, yeah. She's the, she's she's. I think she's seven years younger than them. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Glenn Powell as Hangman. Yes. Absolutely. Career making oh, performance. Career making, and you know he went for Rooster as well. Really? Yeah, I he mean, went I, for Rooster and he didn't get it. I look and I, I'm, I'm sure I know him from something, but I can't quite mm-hmm. work out what it is. He's been in quite a lot of stuff. Apparently he wants to be the next, but he wants to be the next Tom Cruise. He says very, very openly saying, I want a massive career. I want to be a movie star. And I think not getting the rooster role has really done things for him. I mean, he has that smile. He is yeah. channeling Iceman. Yeah. He is, like I said, he's an arsehole for the sake of being an arsehole. He's mm. not got that that Iceman. No, because he's not. And everyone and keeps comparing him to, yeah. I think he's more maverick. I, I don't think he is Iceman at all. Iceman was calm and controlled and he knew what he was doing. But he's the antagonist in the film that yeah, comes he, around at yeah, the end. He yeah. is. But at the same time, he's, he doesn't really come round. He's still an individualistic, non-team player in that it's he, him who comes to save them at the end. It's not that he's become part of the team. It's still, all right, here I am, I'm coming to... Yeah, but the reason you. they've compared him to Maverick is because he is the enemy of our hero. He is the, what, the, the, the direct rival. Yeah, yeah, oh, the right, direct yeah. rival of our he- of of the protagonist of yeah, the film. Yeah, of so, course yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, but I I think that is I think if you put them together, you're not seeing the nuances in the film. And okay, there's not probably not a lot of nuance in the film, but I can see it. I actually know this is this is not 
Iceman, Hangman, Iceman. Yeah, right, fine. I think there's there's more of a maverick in him than there is anything else. Mm. Monica Barbaro's Phoenix. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think she plays it well. Plays it well. I wish there was more. I'm gl- right. So I'm glad that they didn't do. Oh, she falls in love with <laughs> yeah, someone because yeah. that would be so yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fact she is just. A woman, and it's never... It's never mentioned. It's never mentioned that it's she's a woman. Never, yeah. The only difference is that she's got two X chromosomes and she mm. wears a top during the football game. Yeah. There's, um, there's nothing that... They, they don't make any reference to it, and thankfully that is the case. There is another woman in the group. Yes. Um, who gets a, a couple of scenes in the background. Mm. But yeah, because just on that point... the. There's a there's a plot point where they say half of you will be cut. Yes. And we don't get that scene, and I wish we got that scene where you you like I don't necessarily need to, them to go down the line and say blah blah you're going to do this blah. But I needed where all of those people in the background, like the other woman, I needed a scene where half of them were gone. No, but wasn't half wasn't it just half of them were going to stay on the boat as the reserves, and that's what we see with Hangman that. Oh, I thought it was um, that halfway through the training, half of them would be cut because you then never see them again. You see, only see a very small group in the classroom. Could be. I've only seen this the but, once. Yeah, maybe, so, yeah, maybe they're at the and back obviously, without, obviously halfway yeah. the training, it was cut short, so maybe yes. that's the reason yeah, why that it, doesn't... You, just, yeah. you concentrate so much on uh, uh, Bill Pullmanson and um, Phoenix and the others yeah. that... The rest of them get Bob. Bob, that's his name. Bob. Um, Bob. The rest of who, them get... his his personality is he's a geek. He he's wears glasses geek, yeah. and has a has a call sign that is just his name. Yes, and he doesn't seem to be particularly good at his job. And you're the, you're the best of the best, but it's like it, well, he's a little bit sort of like bumbling. And I thought, well, you can be geeky without being bumbling. In also shot. Mm, yeah, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, 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 yeah fine. And, fine. I was shocked to find out he was oh, did Bill you? Pullman's son. Right. I didn't realise. When I saw Pullman, mm. I thought, oh, well, it's only one one person he's going to be. But then, yeah, there are un- unnamed people who oh, we only so meet. so many unnamed people. I, I was only listening to, I think it was the Rob's podcast, mm. uh, the movie Robcast, where they mentioned Gianni, uh, Manny Jancita from The Good Place is in the background as Fritz didn't spot him. I watched all The Good Place, love it. Did not spot that there was someone I knew in the background. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the others are very, very thinly drawn. You don't really get to know. Any, there's not even like with one one of them like, oh, he does this or they do that. There's you know, there's, they don't even have a thing. That to we know be them fair, for. there is that in the first. There, absolutely, yeah, yeah. There is, you know, and that's why I forgive it. Yeah, I mean, Tim Robbins's character in the first one, we don't yeah. really know a lot yeah. about him. Um, yeah, Jennifer Connolly. Yes, she. I, I love her. Well, yeah, that's fine. I can understand why you would. And I was shocked to find out that she is... Because I thought it was just a bit randomly mentioned that she was shoehorned into this. Yeah. Oh, um, she owns a bar. Yeah. Oh, he's been seeing her before. Right. I have since found out that she is mentioned in the first film. And if you go back and watch it, in the bit where she, where Goose and Maverick are being bollocked by... Strickland. Strickland, yeah. James Tolanus. Um he says you've done flybys of five towers and one admiral's daughter. One vice admiral's daughter. And Goose turns and goes, Penny Benjamin? And yeah. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. 
You've been busted. You lost your qualifications as section leader three times. Put in hack twice by me. With a history of high-speed passes over five air-controlled towers and one admiral's daughter. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. It works. I mean, I will be bored of that probably by the end of the week when the, when I see the fifth clickbait article of what's the hidden origin of uh, of Penny Benjamin from Stop Gun Maverick uh, yeah but it is pretty cool to watch because we watched that scene and it was yes. like oh yeah that's really like yeah but you're mm. right after you've watched it maybe about ten times on Twitter that might have might have gone or someone else going did you know did you know she's mentioned in the first film but I like yeah good tie in I like the idea that they'd been on and off on and off over t- over time rather than her just being someone new that he'd yeah. met when he'd come back and um and also the daughter you know that she she'd had a previous marriage that the daughter knew him and the daughter knew he was a bit of a rogue and I yeah. am so glad that they didn't do the oh at one point I thought when I saw the daughter appear oh, and God, I was like yeah. oh uh, and then she said how's your dad and, and I was like oh, oh thank, thank God. God for that yeah that yeah. was sorted quickly yeah. Yeah. yeah and I like the fact that actually she wasn't saying to him oh you're back come come back to mine straight away and i really like the fact that she was like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna make you work for everything here i'm gonna get your money i'm gonna humiliate you in in my bar and um you know yes we'll go out for some ride but you're not you're not walking straight back into my house you know apart from the point where she does yes yeah there was you know some sort of build up to it but the chemistry between Connolly and Cruz, I thought was wonderful. Like much more so than McGillis. McGill- is it McGillis? McGillis, yeah. Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Yeah. yeah, I felt there was no chemistry in the original Top Gun, and I didn't like the love story in the original Top Gun. I didn't. I didn't feel it was required, and I personally, I didn't really feel it was required in this film. I, I know it's almost like this feeling that you have to have Tom Maverick, Pete Maverick, Mitchell having this this love affair yes. because you've got to have someone that you know clings on to him before he goes off into the plane and he might never come back and yeah. you've got to have someone who loves him you know yes. in the background but i never feel it's particularly necessary but i enjoyed it i have to say mark and i said this to you we did have one small conversation around Jennifer Connelly, weirdly. We didn't say what we thought about the film, but I did say, you know, the entire time, she is a manic pixie dream woman. As, as a play on the manic pixie dream girl. because yes. You know, Yuzui Deschanel's of the, of the world and, yeah. and those sorts of films. Because she pops up looking amazing and she says something meaningful. And then she takes you on a boat because, oh, you're an adventuring man. So... She you're must have a boat. I know you're in the navy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sail this boat. We're gonna go really fast, and I'm gonna be on the back of your bike. And every now and again, I might sort of say something to you about rooster, you know, whilst cradling your head. And she, she's just there to say, "Oh, Tom, tell me, tell me more about your dilemma." Or, "Oh, Tom, how amazing am I at this adventuring that you love in women?" And there's nothing else to her. Yes. Yeah, there is nothing else to her. She's got a nice classic Porsche. Yes. Um, yes. That's nice. Yeah, and, yeah, um... yeah. She's 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 a dream. She's a dr- she never gets angry with him. She never says, "I'm really pissed off with you. You went off. You broke my heart. I'm not." You know, they don't ever have a proper conversation. They just sort of flutter their eyes at each other, and and she's like 
all is forgiven. But you can see, you can see in some scenes, our heart is still breaking from the last time that he left. You know, you can, you know, I don't want you to hurt me again, sort of those sort of things in, in the eye. But that's it flittering away. You don't really get to know how she's managing financially, how she, you know, what's happened with the ex-husband, whether she's had a bad day that day or a good day that day or, you know. The, the It'd be pretty weird if you, no, like, she went, No, but you know oh, what I mean. We had, we had these dickheads in the bar earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One was called Hangman and uh, <laughs> I don't know what his problem was. Like, he didn't actually explain why he was a dickhead, but, uh, yeah. You do know what I mean. And there was yeah, this girl and this guy with the glasses with him. And... Ex- she's just there to be exceptionally brilliant for, for Maverick. And not for any, you know, she's just sitting there waiting for him to arrive. All that said, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't have any problem I didn't with care. it. I was like, I will go with it. I will roll my eyes at it. And I still preferred it to the Kelly McGuinness. He's Tom Cruise. He's mm. the least sexual person on earth. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that they didn't do a shagging scene oh, in it. Me, yeah, it was me too. I just, I was happy with the post-coital. And, actually, um, know, and I, what I really loved about it as well, and like, these, these things should not be... A surprise, but she was fully clothed in that scene. She had like a top on, and he had his top off. And I was like, oh, "That's really nice." We don't have like a oh, I'm hiding my boobs under a sheet shot that you often have, don't you? You often have the sort of like, "Oh, we're still in bed, but I don't have anything on." But here is a thin sheet to cover me. There wasn't any of that. I don't she have that had much to- of a problem with that, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. But. She had she had a top on, and she was fully clothed, and you you saw nothing. And he had his top off. That's just really nice, nice movement, you know. As a woman, I just thought it was pleasant. Do you reckon he'd just perform the striptease for her and put her off? I think uh, it was also like, look at me, I'm 60, you know. Let let me get my kit off again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Mm. So... I think we've gone over the main cast. I mean, yeah. it's John Hamm who yeah. plays, like I said, oh, he's great. plays a crusty Dean. Yeah. And I, I do love John Hamm, and I, I really wish Hart that well, yeah. I really wish that like Hollywood would happen for him. Mm. I'm sure he's happy just sat at home on his Mad Men money, but I feel like he could be doing more. It's th- great. I thought he was good mm. in this. Um, do you want to do uh, Val Kilmer, or would you like to do the the plot in the third act? Can we do Val Kilmer <laughs> first? Can we do Val Kilmer? Yeah. So, I I went in knowing very little about this film, um, and when I saw Val Kilmer's name pop up in the credits, obviously I knew of his troubles, mm-hmm. and then when I saw his face appear on a picture, which is obviously in the in the, in the trailer, trailer, yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's it, and obviously the yeah. texting, the texting because he can't speak or he finds it very difficult yes. to speak, um, and I thought, I wonder if that's how they're going to keep it in there, and maybe you'll just see him at the end or something like that, when. When he walked into the room and there was Val Kilmer there, I welled up and started crying. Mm. And I'd say this is someone who has no real affinity to Val Kilmer, certainly not as much as, as you did. No, well, who would? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a beautifully done scene. I really liked it. It was a nice little, not passing of the torch, obviously, but it was lovely to see him on screen. Um, I don't understand why he has a computer with a black background that just types white Mark. writing in the middle of the screen, but I'm sure that's televisual. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. And that, then, that's for the film. And then I understand that they have um, used some techniques to create a voice for him yes. just at the end. And Because I was like, oh, well, his, his speech actually isn't as bad, but I understand mm-hmm. that's, that's not the case yeah, and they've done that. And that's, yeah, it, it, was, it was a really touching scene. It was really nice. And I was glad 
I was glad it happened. It was nice just to... Because otherwise, this is this is Ace Ventura 2, where it's Jim Carrey comes back and no one from the original. Yeah, I loved it. And obviously, I've seen the Val documentary, which was such such a good documentary. I really enjoyed, is a funny word, because here you've got someone, like you say, who has these real medical challenges. And... It, you can you can see how much they want to do things and see the frustration, uh, particularly with that that lack of lack of voice from someone who's who has acted using his voice for such yeah. a long long time. But it was a fascinating insight into his his career and also where he wanted to go and when he um when he got cancer, and I really loved this. I thought it was beautifully done. I also I found myself getting feeling really emotional about the fact that you've got someone who is non-verbal on the screen and the way that they mm. showed the use of technology yeah. now obviously if ever anyone's listened to our podcast before they will know we we have a son who has disabilities and is we are in the process of using technology to uh, to to give him a voice to get mm. to give him opportunities to make choices and to to let us know what he what he wants and what he doesn't want and there's so much out there now and I often say oh I'm I'm really pleased that we have so much in terms of our technology and and as our son gets older there'll be more and more and more so I feel that we're very lucky to have that and what I really loved was that representation of you don't have to speak to have a voice you don't have to be use your vocal cords to make your point known there is so much that you can do in your face and val kilmer does use a lot of you know these beautiful acting skills in his face but just having that text on screen i've not seen that before where some for a prolonged period it might have been like a couple of things and then it would be gone but that was a prolonged conversation yes. using technology to 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 converse with another person in the room and i've i found myself obviously with all of that experience and all that personal baggage with me i found that being just as profoundly affecting to me as the fact of val kilmer on screen showing the fact that he 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 obviously has these difficulties now i think he has a, a tracheotomy and when i saw him in the in the documentary, he could press. He could sort of make a because he's got a hole in his, in his in his um, esophagus, so he could press and he could he could create a sound. But it was obviously very painful and it was a, difficult. I think and quite like, often you use a, a like a, a, like a, a vocal a vocal, a vocal yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. But I I love the fact that they that they incorporated that into because mm. there'll be a number of people out there in the world, and I was thinking about this as well. There'll be people out there who have the same thing, and. It, I think it's brilliant representation to show an actor acting beautifully, being in in a film that you know he was in many many years ago. That is, is they're not glossing over it, they're not hiding it. They're saying here we go, and they're incorporating it into the film. And I just found that really powerful. So I loved it for all of those reasons. But I did see it coming a mile off. He was going to die. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the last time we're seeing Val. It's come back. We obviously knew it was back. a funeral coming. Yes. I, it didn't cross my mind. Because um, obviously there's a funeral shown in the trailer. There is. And you maybe sometimes you're led to believe that it's one of the team, yes. for example. That yeah. it's all gone a bit wrong. Because they do... Mm say that a lot don't they like no one's coming back from this yeah and i was thinking oh no one of them is going to die they, one of these like kids and they're mm. not kids they're grown-ups but one of these young young members is going to die and they 
they do tease that quite a lot, don't they? Because they have, um, is it payback? I want to call him paycheck, but is it payback? The guy that gets, he goes up, he goes up to the ten G's, and he goes up so high that he blacks yes. out. Yes, yes, payback. Yeah, payback. Paycheck. <laughs> Did I say? You said both, but yeah, you, you, you settled on payback. Oh no! Uh, anyway, yeah, payback. So he, um, I thought, oh no, he's gone. Yeah, he's totally gone. And then when the bird strike happened shortly after that, I thought, oh god, she's got her and Bob. They're gonna yeah. go. And I thought they can't get rid of them because they had spent so much time with them. But I thought, oh, that's really clever. They've spent so much time with them. You think they're gonna be like the people at the end? It turns out they are, and they're gonna get rid of them. And then I thought they were going to kill Tom Cruise off. Are we going to go third? Yes, act? please. Well, I mean, it's. I was like, yes, they've killed him. It's. I mean, it's very heavily foreshadowed, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, in yeah. that he's he says goodbye in a way that I mean, like I'm from Hull, yeah. and even now to this day, people from Hull do not say goodbye to people. Mm-hmm. They'll say see you later because mm-hmm. of the fishing tradition, which has been out. It hasn't been a major part of the whole industry for even since I've been alive, so over forty years. Mm-hmm. But even now, I won't say I don't tend to say bye to people. I say no, see you, you later you. Yeah, because it's just how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. When hell, you don't say goodbye to people. You say yeah. see you later. And then he's basically saying, "Well, I'm not going to come back to uh, here. I am with yes. my posh uniform on, and I'm just going to stare at you from across the bar, and then we'll stare out at sea." But Hondo's well, who's the guy helping yes, them out, yeah. and it, it, the, he has really a thing where he's him. like, "I'm not coming back." So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I um, really liked him. I don't believe that would necessarily happen, but mm. anyway. And then his plane went down. Yes, the screen faded to black. Yes, and I thought, and I was oh, like, God, it's the end of the film. Fuck. Yeah, and I thought, brilliant, that's amazing. So he's, he's paid Goose back yes. by saving his son. I think I would have preferred the film to end there. I have to, I have to admit that. I, okay, I think I would have liked it to have ceased it took me point. a little while and i spent 10 minutes going why am i now watching behind enemy lines yeah but i'm kind of fine with it yeah so I, am I now. yeah i mean it's absolutely ludicrous that he gets this old plane <laughs> and... and it's the two of them in the forest having a fight and i'm like what am i watching like how has this got to this and it felt it was really weird i just sort of felt like it had been tagged on and almost like they'd gone back and shot it because there was something about them in the forest. Like, oh, this feels like a set. This doesn't quite I, feel right, and I couldn't quite work out what it was. I mean, we don't know what country they're in. Mm. I mean, it's a it's a country with yes. with snow and yeah. They, I don't know what Norway's done to piss off <laughs> USA, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was interesting, was it? I I liked the fact that you were left to your own devices on it, and that it was a. A, a rogue state and you didn't get to see anything with their pilots because everyone was just in black with those black helmets so you can say I quite which like is the that same as like, the, um, yeah. which is the same as the original mm-hmm. yeah but yeah I thought it I th- went on a bit and when they say rogue state I did wonder if it was like Alaska and Sarah Palin <laughs> had just gone mad and uh, started uranium farming and I did. I mean, I did. I, like you say, the plot's a bit of a thing. I was like, I really don't care about this uranium, and I really don't care about what they're doing. But, but it's more about them as a team and coming together as a team and creating this bond between them, which I really enjoyed. And it is the final mission from hmm. Star Wars. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's fire in the hole. Many Gungans died <laughs> to bring us this information. Gung- the Gungans didn't die. 
Who did? Bothans. Bothans. Oh, thank Marky. You. I don't care. <laughs> it's not my thing. Come on. I, I've, I've seen this far more than I've seen any Star Wars <laughs> film, apart from maybe Return of the Jedi. Oh, I like Lily Walks. Best one, you see. It's not. Little dancing at the end. Right. It's <laughs> not the best one. <laughs> I like it. B. Dancing right until they change the, the music, at which point. Yeah, a little dancing. And then all the all the force ghosts appearing, um, right at the end. Until it's Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen, which shouldn't be allowed. Anyway, we've somehow gone on to Return of Jedi. Um, so yeah, I could have done without it. I quite would have liked it if they had had the balls to just kill him off. But, but how does that just end then? I just like yeah, it's just well maybe it's no, roll. No, no, I would have you know, you would have had a fade back in and maybe you've got Rooster giving the like the the what's it called? The eulogy. The eulogy, yeah. And then they might have named something after him and Yeah, the name you know, of the school like, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick. yeah. I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have cared like if they'd done that. I would have gone with it. But having said that, I went with what they what they went with because the the fights were amazing. I really loved the the fact that Rooster got in the back with him and and it was that it was like father and son or friends together and there was all that mirroring with Goose and I just oh wow they've put them in the same plane this is amazing so yeah I there were things where I was like oh actually you know what I, I will go with this as you say I just felt it was a bit long that was the only thing I was it did you know it did go and it went a bit Mission Impossible and a bit you know it, it, sometimes it just tipped into that a little bit. Too much for me. But yeah, the end, the, the whole, you know, here we are back on the on the boat and here's Hangman coming to save the day. And yeah, all of those. I mean, I was crying my eyes out. I was properly crying. Really? Like, oh yeah, loads of bits. All the bits about, you know, with his dad and the bits about him. I, I can't even remember what I was crying at. But it must have really, really tugged at me emotionally. Like it must have, I think it's the build-up. I think it's the... You know, the music and the swelling and it's so overly emotional that you just go, if you go, if you are going with it, yeah. you really go with it. And then I was, I was crying at the end with, you know, you can be my wingman any day. I, uh, you know, I did, be, yes, be bit. I did that. Yeah. Um, I've got a few issues with the soundtrack in that there were bits where the music cut out where I didn't expect it to. And it didn't sort of follow the narrative of cinema. When when someone's struggling, the the music just cut out or some there was something I can't I've only seen it once, but there was something where the music just didn't seem to match the mood on screen. And I was like I was looking for the music to tell me whether someone mm-hmm. just to go with it and it didn't seem it didn't to match, match it. But I, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't notice that. I liked all of the original music at the beginning. And then I was waiting for the Lady Gaga bits coming because she's she's highlighted quite early on yes. like music by harold faultmeyer and, yeah. and others and gaga yeah and i was like oh no she didn't but she's done a song at the end that was fine let it go yeah 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 um but yeah and then it oh it ends on this great big high and everyone's great and and we're hugging and and everyone giving each other a high five and like and it's just brilliant and bell. we've done it and it's a mission that was impossible but we've we've made it possible and now we've defeated the baddies and it's it's major sense majorly reductive but i don't care it's like i was just yeah i was like five stars five stars let me watch this again it's not five stars for me Is it's it it, it's a high four oh. it's just like there's little bits where you say but we talk about the editing but there is a moment where we go from 
Goose's uh, Goose's funeral. God, that's her. Oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. We go from Iceman's funeral to John Ham kicking him out to him being real sad on uh, Jennifer Connolly's thing to then him stealing a plane to do this back and like thirty seconds have passed. Yeah. It's like, whoa, can we just spend a little bit more time on these points before we go back? (laughs) It's a long film, Mark. He stole a plane. Yeah, he did. How does that happen? He does it all the time. He does it all the time, man. Look at him. He's Hmm. maverick. He's a maverick. I did like the fact that he lost his uh, undercarriage when he took off from the Russian... Not Russian Russian. base. Yes. Unnamed uh, enemy state Oh, like, yeah, the the little wheelie bit. Because... It takes me back to F-16 Combat Pilot on the Spectrum, where which was an amazing game. That cost £15, whereas all the other games like were capped at £10, and you had a massive like instruction manual of how to play it. Um, and in landing without any undercarriage, if you because I landed on planes at some points and stuff like that when I didn't mean to, and stuff like, it was impossible to land. You just might as well just reset the game and start again at that point. So yeah, I know how tough it is, but I didn't <laughs> have someone. I, yeah, I know how tough it is. Look, well, I, I feel how tough it is. Yeah, you know all about that. You know, piloting that they all had to do with the cameras attached to them that they had to learn all the editing and everything to, because they were in charge of the cameras. Well, yeah, in my yeah mind, you know all of that. In my mind, F sixteen combat pilot was just the same. So. Uh... Oh yeah. well, chaffs, get chaffs and flares. Press C and F to, to your launch chaffs and flares to to, to uh, deflect a missile. <sighs> well, if um, if you want a different view on Top Gun Maverick, then I have to recommend the movie Robcast's review of this film because you get a a, a very balanced set of opinions I think and a little bit well I say a little bit a lot more analytical content than just me and Mark going wasn't it brilliant wasn't it brilliant oh war oh you know no I think we've been I think we're in fair and Mm. we've pointed out the flaws for us it didn't matter and I think that we can look beyond it and this is a totally emotive review from us and if it was if this was didn't have Tom Cruise in and was fighter pilot school. <laughs> um, we probably wouldn't be as forgiving, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, th- I think the Robs did a really, really good job at lo- looking at it in a very calm and collected manner, and actually coming yes. out with two very different uh, opinions. I was on the train and I was I was listening to it on the way home. I was really really excited because the, that episode had just dropped and I'd, mm. I you know but train Wi-Fi, um so train Wi-Fi was like four percent five percent and I was waiting <laughs> and waiting for it to come on and then um I got really excited and I was like in my mind I was going yes Rob Wallace yes <laughs> so that might give the game away a little bit about who was. <laughs> Uh, yeah. who was saying what in the podcast but yeah really recommend the movie Robcast if you uh, if you want uh, other opinions it's funny you should mention that because I was looking after our son while you were away this weekend took him out for a walk and had run out of podcasts and then I was like what can I what can I listen to and then that just popped on popped on Pocket Cast amazing and that was it yeah that was that was that was me sorted for the next half an hour however long it is but yeah look, brilliant podcast listen to it anyway but listen to this episode especially if you've got one want a differing opinion of of top gun how long right have then. we gone for because we um, said we'd be a we said we'd be what did we think about half an hour or yes. something like that oh we're, we're, we're 50 minutes wow okay well <laughs> time to go yes well, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we are at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to leave us a review, anyway, you can leave us a review. That'd be much appreciated. 
or a star rating on Spotify. That's another bit that we mention at this bit. <laughs> yes. We're getting better. We are getting better. We are getting better. It's only 120 episodes, but yeah. <laughs> We'll be back at some point soon because yeah. there's loads oh, of telly to talk about. We're watching Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're watching Stranger Things. There's some really big TV shows out there that we that we need to talk about. So yeah, we will be back soon. Yes. See you next time. Bye.